When I first started the hobby section, I didn't even know if anyone was going to listen. And now look at me. I'm Spotify's number one all-time most streamed podcast. It's 110% hardcore talent. <laughs> I mean, I, I really just uh, wanted to make a podcast that helped remind doctors that were more than our work. And that was fun and relaxing and a breath of fresh air. I think I did that. But uh, ironically, I'm actually super busy right now. And when I'm really busy, I just want to do the hobbies that I love the most. Like make music or wrestle my kids. Or just talk to my wife. So I think the hobby section will just end up being a collection of episodes that capture the varied interest of just a handful of doctors. I think that's pretty good. So this... Uh, I think will be the last episode of the Hobdog for now. Maybe forever. I don't know. But to all you dirty Hobdogs out there who are listening or did listen or will listen, thanks for listening. And one last time, maybe, probably, for sure, welcome to the hobby section. Today, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome to the show... Another one of my bosses, my many bosses. The pleasure of my job is that I have so, so, so many bosses, but many of them are very nice and are willing to come on the show and talk about what they're into. Today, we welcome Dr. Matthew Nonheim. Dr. Nonheim, welcome to the show. Hey, Obi. Thank you so much for having me. I, I'm not, I'm not going to consider myself your boss. I, I think that's, uh, over, that's overstating it a bit, but, uh. Thank you for no, the you're my big, you're my, you're my big boss. You're a big CEO. Mm, maybe, maybe. Um, it's it's interesting that you see it that way. I feel like I'm I'm your teacher, your mentor, boss, perhaps, perhaps. I can I can settle into that role. I'm a Padawan. <laughs> Doctor Nonheim, thanks for being on the show, taking the time out of your Sunday evening to get on my pod dog and talk shop about what you do when you don't have anything else to do. <laughs> <Are you still laughs> Did your audio go oh, out? This is, this is where I talk, right? This I mean, is, this is where I talk. <laughs> well, I'm not so good at this. That's okay. Uh, yes. That's okay. That um, maybe... Maybe that wasn't clear that that would have been a place for you to say something. <laughs> that is really something. Okay, okay, okay. Dr. Nottheim, um, this came up in the operating room a few weeks ago. I had mentioned I had this podcast, and then I think I was asking someone else to be on it, and they were being very coy, and they didn't want to do it. And I was pressuring them, and they were getting uncomfortable, so I backed off. And then you were like, oh, what's this podcast? And then you shared your hobby, which I've... I know is a thing, but I've never actually met someone who does it. But you spin. Uh, it's it's called throwing, you know. Uh, oh my gosh, it's, it's called throwing. You, uh, yeah. Oh boy, this throws off the whole episode. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Well, there is a spinning <laughs> wheel involved. Things spin around in circles, um, but it's a, it's a form of uh, pottery where you. 
I work on what's called a potter's wheel, which is this spinning uh, machine that uh, kind of sitting right in front of you. Uh, you're sitting at a stool. There's this machine that spins around in circles. You put some clay on top of it, and you uh, you turn it into some amazing things. Uh, so it's called throwing because uh, you're kind of moving the clay with your hands, moving it in different shapes. Huh. Uh, and uh, it's a form of pottery, it, though. So there's there's other kinds of pottery that don't involve yeah. a wheel. I mean, you yeah, you probably remember you made some pottery before. Those little pinch pots when you were in kindergarten, first grade, second grade. You know, like it's that. really funny you brought that up because I this is going to come up later on in the show. I thought it doesn't matter when it comes up. I'm fine with talking about this now. I'm not frustrated that you mentioned this now. I'm kidding. Sure, but, but I, it's interesting that pottery was like a staple part of like most children's public school curriculum. Why is that? What what did that teach me? Why didn't me and all my siblings make a clay pot in art class? Yeah. You know, I think there's something very tactile. Uh, and, you know, this is part of the stages of de- development, as you remember from medical school or may not remember. I don't remember. School. I don't but, remember you know, from any level of school. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. But, uh, you know, you're supposed to start exploring your world and you do that with your your mouth and your fingers and your feet. And uh, uh, one of the ways that we can, I guess, get people involved in making art early is to use their hands and, and build things. So, I mean, I, I've definitely seen that with my son, you know, really likes building things. And I think it's a little bit uh, more accessible maybe than uh, starting with like painting. So uh, I think it's a, it's a nice way to get into art. It's challenging though, throwing. Like it's not, oh, it's yeah. not easy to. I don't, I don't, I, I didn't throw. Oh, I see what you're no, saying. No. So you're saying like when I was a kindergartner, I made I, that was one form of pottery was me making like a little pinch pot. I think my older siblings yeah. might have thrown, but it, it's not an easy thing to do to make. Yeah. The 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 well, clay starts as a ball. Yeah, uh, I, I'll say. Uh, yeah, maybe easy is the wrong word. But, but I guess one of the reasons that I like it is because you take this, you know, piece of clay and you have to shape it into something. But it's not like looking at a blank page, right? It's like if you're a painter and you're like, I'm going to paint something today. What am I going to paint? You kind of have to have some sort of idea. I know classic, when I sit down. Classic and, painter thought. I'm going to paint something uh, today. What am I going <laughs> to <laughs> I mean, And how do you figure that out? Well, I know I'm going to make something on the wheel. It's probably going to be a piece of pottery because what else do you make on a wheel and it, it kind of narrows the creative process a little bit for me which makes it easier for me to start makes it easier for me to do do it so yeah um, oh, forgive but, this next question if it's foolish maybe this should be intuitive and my listeners will judge me but can you make anything else besides pots on a potter's sure. wheel yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the the classic forms are things like bowls, right? You make cylinders, things that turn. That's into really like just a pot, and, when you think about yeah, it. You, you could consider it that, but you can make lids for your pots, right? You can make oh, spouts. That's like a your, pot upside down. <laughs> you can make plates. You can make all sorts of uh, all sorts of earthenware that you can then uh, uh, transform into. Yeah, transform into something beautiful. So, so um, when you sit down at the wheel, do you know what you're gonna spin? Do, or do you sit down and you're like, okay, I'm gonna make a flower pot, or I'm gonna make a pot lid, or I'm gonna make a plate, or do you just like 
start spinning and find out what it looks most like once you get done spinning? Well, I think if you talk to most people who do this for a living, right, they, they, they sit down and they know precisely what they want this thing to look like. They're like, I need a, a new teapot, mine broke, whatever. I'm going to sell a, you know, some sort of vessel to somebody. I want to make it to the exact specifications. And I think that's how things turn out the best. Um, sometimes I will admit I will sit down and just start doing it because it, you know, it feels good. You know, you're, you're in the moment and you want to, uh, you know, make something with your hands. Uh, but I'd say generally speaking, you should have a good idea of what you want it to look like before you start, or it won't, won't end up looking like much <laughs> in the end. Do you, do you, um, do you, can you quit? Can you like restart a throw? Yeah, that's, that's, that's one of the hard things, right? There are ways of, um, so, so imagine, let me just paint a picture for you. So you're sitting down, you have this big, lump of clay on this spinning disc in front of you right and, and you have to make it radially symmetric to to do anything so first of all it's this kind of lump wait of hold on what do you mean you got to make it radially symmetric you mean if you're not doing it like if it's not perfectly symmetric it's but it won't work yeah yeah so this thing is spinning around uh, i don't even know how many times per second but it's going really fast and you have to first push the clay into the center of the uh, in center of the wheel. Uh, if it's not centered, you aren't going to be able to pull up the walls of the vessel. So essentially, use the the palm of your hands, kind of braced on the inside of your knee, to push really hard so that uh, you've pushed all the clay into something that is again radially symmetric. So no matter which angle you look at it from, it's going to be the same kind of silhouette. Your um, ha- the palms like of your hands are braced on the inside of your knees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you got to be really stable. So this is you're like uh, doing a wall sit. You know, you're sitting on a, on a stool, but yeah, you're using a lot of the uh, 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 stability that your your legs provide to keep your arms stable and therefore keep your hands stable. And you make very small movements to push just ever so slightly on this clay to make it go to to the center of the wheel. Wow! And then so this is physically demanding. Sure. Yeah. In some ways, I think uh, you do have to have a little bit of strength to do it. That said, you know, I was doing it when I was uh, in what eighth grade, so it's not that hard. But okay. you do have to have a little bit of put a little bit of pressure on the okay. on okay. the clay. Okay. And then once you've kind of centered it, you have to uh, you know essentially enter the clay. You have to make a hole in the center of it, and then start uh, shaping whatever it is you want to shape. So. If you were making a bowl, for instance, you'd make a little hole in the center of this spinning lump of clay, and then you start pulling that clay out uh, in sequential pulls, just putting a little bit of pressure on it, uh, moving clay from, from inside to out, and then starting to form your wall. And then you start to pull that clay up the side of the vessel. So going from the bottom where this thing is connected to the, to the wheel, you pull the clay up uh, ever so slightly to make the, the walls higher and higher. So, so that's the basic idea behind it is this like uh i mean what you're explaining to me i think makes sense but i'm almost getting like you know mentally fatigued just thinking about the steps is it like are you like is this natural i mean you've been doing yeah, it for a while i guess yeah once once you get the the the, the handle on it you know it's 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 not too hard to to make it feel really natural and you know fun and just part of the the rhythm of what you're doing um, yeah, you should give some thought to uh, how much you're you're uh, raising the walls of the pot and how thin you want it to be. Um, but it should come 
pretty naturally once you've been doing it for a while. When when did you start spinning? Eighth grade is that what you said? I started uh, or throwing. Sorry, jeez. I mean, spinning to me means something very different. Like uh, you know, the, the bicycle thing where you go and you exercise. And you know, I had people. I had a question that was about whether or not clay spinning classes were like spin cycle classes. And now that I realize oh. that that's just not what you call it, I don't even think I can ask. Like that question isn't. It's not like clever or funny. It's just wrong. Yeah, yeah. I would I would avoid that one. Yeah, good yeah. idea. All right. Um, but that's good to know. Yeah, I went back in uh, in middle school and I did it all throughout high school. And then you know there was a, a hiatus there in um, college and uh, a little bit of med school. I didn't do it at all. And then when I was back in my business school days, there was a. Uh, studio right across the street from the business school yeah and i was like i got i gotta get back into this and uh so i did and um it's been it's been uh, a good time ever since then and then i just uh, moved to a different town uh locally here and there just so happened to be another studio that's a mile from my house so that's how i got back into it again take me back to the to eighth grade dr nonheim how old are you in eighth grade what are eighth graders are they 13 or 12 or it must be something like that. I, I, don't, I don't remember. Kids these days. Anyways, take me back. You're 13, and you know, how how do you say I'm gonna start throwing clay? Did it happen in school? And you were like, "Whoa!" Rush of cold blood to the head. I've never felt more alive. I need that clay under my mm. fingernails. No, no. Unfortunately, <laughs> I, I, I am. No, I, no. I, I wish. I, I wish I, I were, you know, moved by passion and inspired by a moment like that. You know, everyone had to take some sort of class, right? Some sort of art class. And I am not an artistic person. I'm not a creative person. I can't. I can't be that person who sits down with a blank piece of paper and starts painting. Sure. Um, so I needed something that that gave you know, gave me some direction in terms of where to go. And yeah. in some sense, and people who are real ceramicists will definitely argue with me on this. Ceramicists. But for me, Ooh. yeah, people who, who, who do this for a living will say there's a lot of creativity and a lot of artistry involved. And absolutely, there is at a high level. But for someone who's pretty simple-minded like myself, <laughs> putting a lump of clay... Make yourself sound the, like such an idiot for a peon like myself. <laughs> well, if there's a way to be artistic by essentially pushing on a lump of clay and making it move, <laughs> that's that's what I was gonna do, right? Yeah. So in this, in a sense, it's like it's like an easy way into artistry and being creative. So let me get at this a little bit. It's you. Did you want to be an artist? You you like saw that as something lacking in yourself. Because still, I mean, you're 13, right? If you're not good at drawing, you're just like, whatever, forget it. I'm going to play Forza Motorsport with my friends. But you were like, yeah, but you, I got to do it. No. Yeah, I mean, I, I still had to do an art class, right? Oh, that's right. I see. Great. <laughs> I forgot. You got to do it. And it was that's fun. Right. So, yeah. so it stuck. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Do you, um, do you spin alone? Or do you spin in community? Hold on. Don't answer that question yet. Paint a picture for me. You go to the spin studio. Do you walk in and people are like sipping lemonade water and talking about their week? Are people in there with their like AirPods in, sweating, focused on this pot? Yeah. I, there's a mix of people for sure. Hmm. I'm definitely the 
put, put my AirPods in or rather my beats in and uh, <laughs> kind of be to myself because uh, I use this as a, as a kind of, you know, a decompressing time for me where right. I can just be alone, be quiet, uh, and just do something that is completely different from the rest of my life. Uh, but there are people who find a lot of community and this particular studio I go to does have a, you know, like a coffee claps kind of group and oh, they have dang. people who connect over their, uh, you know, their jobs or, or their hobby, their other hobbies. So there is a little bit of community, but for me, it's kind of more of a solo activity. Are there people in your studio, like, does it span a range of, of a skill? So you've got some like real ceramicists in there. Maybe not real, but like professional ceramicists that are in there. Am I saying that right? Ceramicists? Yeah. Yeah. You've got some real extra ceramicists in there who are like really in there working on their craft, making something that they're going to sell for a significant lump of change. And then you've got eighth graders. Yeah. You've got a whole range. The, the, the place I go, the, the first time I went in there, there's this guy sitting at his, his wheel and he had this vessel the size of a watermelon he was just moving the walls up higher and higher it was amazing <laughs> your jaws it, dropped <laughs> it, it, awesome. these people are incredible uh, some of the the things that you can make on a wheel yeah you, you wouldn't think it, it would be possible but it's it's really impressive so yeah there's some really skilled uh, practitioners there who uh who, who definitely make it to sell and, and make some some beautiful work and then there are people like me people who go in because this is the hobby that i like to do I know I'm not good at it, but I like to do it anyway. You're and, in there. Uh, you're making pots. Well. You're making plates. Yeah. You know, you're you're part of the crew. Um, tell me, what what is your, what are you most proud of that you've made? Oh, um, I have to say the thing that I liked the best that I made was this uh, little tiny sake cup that I made for my wife. My wife, half Japanese, uh, she drinks Humble very brag. small amounts of. Uh, yes, yes, indeed. She drinks very. <laughs> Wait, this is a humble, how was that humble brag? It wasn't, it wasn't humble brag. It's just a funny thing you say when someone says something about themselves that isn't actually bragging, but then you just say it's bragging, and then it sounds funny oh. to imagine that someone would be bragging about their wife being half Japanese. But now I've oh, had to explain yeah. it, and so it's taken away, I think, a substantial amount from how funny it initially was. Yeah, I, I would say less funny, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but okay, yes, she is half Japanese, and I am... Very proud of her half Japanese heritage, um, <laughs> uh, but uh, she also happens to suffer from the uh, the how do I put it nicely the flushing that certain uh, types yeah, of people get sure. when they drink alcohol. Yeah. So so she can only drink very small amounts of alcohol. So it made her a very tiny sake cup, um, which is beautiful. It has this little tiny foot, this little pedestal it sits on, and it kind of widens out to this. Uh, nice a nice rim but it's very small still it has the most gorgeous colors in it it's the uh, the glaze on the inside is all bright red and on the outside it's blue and it's it's beautiful does she um, feel the she same way about it, the cup as you do she does she loves it Aww. she she will drink drink she used to drink exclusively from that cup it got a little chip in it so i'm, I'm trying oh. to make a new one for her but okay uh, that's cute still yeah the cup is painted yes uh, it's not called painting. No, it's uh, you glaze, you glaze the uh, the pottery. So, so that, let, let me send you back just just a little bit. 
so 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 I've made this. So I have this this lump of clay that I've made into a bowl. Let's say it looks great. I'm done with it. I take it off the uh, to the kiln. Uh, uh, not quite yet. You gotta okay. let it dry a little bit. It has to get to a leather hard stage. You can kind of trim it to trim the the foot, the base of that bowl, right? Then when it's a little bit drier, you can take it to the kiln, um, and you can. Now, fire why do you have to let it dry it, before it goes to the kiln? That's like letting um, cookies dry before you put them in the oven. Well, because when it's really wet, it's hard to get the final uh, you know shape that you want because you're you you thrown this thing on a, essentially a flat surface. So when you cut it off that, it has these kind of ugly little edges on the bottom of the, the bowl or the, the pot or whatever. You've oh, okay, made. okay. Uh, so you like dry so you it and then like shave it off so it looks normal on the bottom. That's, you got it. Got you got it. it. And then you put in the kiln, and then it hardens up, and then it becomes you know what they call uh, bisque or bisqueware, which is essentially like a very dry and rough uh, uh, bowl, right? So that that's its final form. It's hard, um, but it's also porous. So if you were to like put milk and cereal in there, right, it would absorb the milk, which isn't what you oh, want. Oh, I see. So, so then you've got to cover it in glaze, which is... Uh, like ceiling paint. Of, you could think of it like that. That's one way of describing it, I suppose. Uh, and you dip it in these various glazes, uh, which have different colors and properties. Uh, and there are various degrees of, uh, you know, food safe. Uh, and then you refire. Oh, it again. really? Not all clay yeah. material, not all glaze clay materials are made the same. Like some of these glaze things will come off if yeah. my kids eat spaghetti out of them. That's right. You got to buy the food safe stuff. You know, if you think about all those beautiful colors from all the, the whatever elements, rare earth elements that are in all these glazes, they look beautiful, but you don't necessarily want them all in your food. So gotta use the, the right ones. Uh, and then you uh, fire it again and then it comes out as your final piece. Now, hold on a so, second. You put it back in the kiln after you glaze it. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that would melt it. Well, that, that's kind of what you're doing, right? So you're taking this, this glaze, which is, uh, a liquid and you're melting down all the, I guess it's silica or whatever else is in there to make it uh, kind of shiny, hard, uh, glass-like coating to your to your um, your ceramic ceramic wear. How how um, active is the kiln portion of this? I remember as an elementary school student when I when we were doing the kiln stage, it was kind of like the you're done stage and. You didn't get to see it again until it was it was like a couple of days later, and then I was like, "Oh, here's your pot," and I could hardly recognize it, and it had like fallen in half. Like, are you yeah. sitting by it when? Do you leave the class and come back later on in the week? What does the kiln process look like? Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, they don't let me touch the fire. I think it's probably a good thing. Uh, they keep us far away from the the things that can explode because the kilns get really, really hot. Uh, that's and crazy they, definitely they still don't let me touch that. the kiln in my mind that was one of the things like when i'm an adult i'll buy cigarettes and be able to touch the kiln nope nope don't i don't do either kiln. of those and things thank you i'm so glad to hear that i get worried <laughs> cigarettes for all your listeners please don't smoke cigarettes oh, man. hey 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 we don't do things like that on the show now i gotta say something oh, nice sorry. about cigarettes at the commercial break Oh, um, I'm so sorry. It's all right. It's whatever. It's not a big deal. And there's not actually a commercial break, so don't worry about it. Um, so the kiln is somewhere else in the clay studio, or it's not even there. Like, they, you you still have to hand over your work. That's That, to me, 
was the one of the frustrating things. I I can remember this. It's coming back to me about spinning. It's like I spin it, I finish it, and it's a pot. And then I hand it away to someone else, and then they leave with what I did, and they bring it back to me, and it's not a pot anymore. Like what the heck? Like what if they just killed it incorrectly? Isn't there something magical about it though? Like you you give them this this piece you've been working on, and you have in your mind's eye what you think this lathe should turn out as, and then you show up three days later, and you're like, wow. This is it. This is not what I expected. It's so beautiful, though, and I still like it, and it's unique, and it's mine. That it's kind of beautiful. Is not really that exciting to me. It makes me anxious, okay. I think. But that's really cool that you're as into this as you are, and and people do it, and an integral process of throwing is handing away what you made and being okay with it coming back to you, not looking like how you sent it out. Yeah, you know, there, there's there's definitely a, an element of patience in this too, right? Like there's there's trust and there's patience because it, it takes from start to finish. You've got to throw it one day, let it dry, trim it. You've got to fire it. Wait, the throw and the trim are different days? Yeah, yeah. Oh there's my gosh. And it changes so much over the, the time. You know, it shrinks and the, the shape can change a little bit and you have to uh, fix it. And it can take a while. Um and so something you first touched, you know, a month ago, uh, finally comes out of the, the a kiln. Month? You're just excited to see it. It could take some time, yeah. That sake cup. You made a tiny little sake cup, right? It was small. Mm-hmm. How long did that take you to make from start to finish? You showed up and you're like, okay, I got this idea. I'm going to throw in whatever. And then you had to let, do the shaving part. And then you, like, from start to finish, how, how long was the sake cup? I mean, it took me about a month because I usually go once a week, right? So if I go once a week, it's gonna, each of those little steps is going to happen every other week. So, uh, yeah, it took about a month. I mean, I guess if – but it, say, could you could you th- throw it and then let it dry and then come back the next day and shave it? Like what is the la- – like how long do you yeah. have to wait? Oh, yeah, you could definitely accelerate the process. You know, uh, you could dry it faster or dry it slower or – things like that but you know just oh, being okay. a hobby it's kind of got to fit around the other the other parts of my life too, sure so. sure okay so you threw the sake cup and then you told the dry people at the studio like i'm gonna be back in 10 days to shave this yeah that's right that's right wow this is far more collaborative than i thought because in my mind you know i did picture a lot of people in there with their airpods in and I think I had pictured that because I was like, this is such an independent process. Like you're sitting down with your own clay. You're doing your own thing with your own hands. But it's it's unlike a lot of other art in the way that you have to rely on someone else to process your work. I mean, some people do that, you know, because that's the way they make their art. Like you send music to a music producer or whatever. But you're there's no other way to make to throw. Yeah, well, I think that's how, how most people have to do it. Unless you are, uh, you know, kind of have an independent kiln set up and have your own uh, shop. I think that's how most people independent uh, have kiln. To do it. How much does an independent kiln cost? Do you own a kiln? This is one of my questions. Oh, I do not, and I have no idea how much that would cost. I can only imagine that there would be a lot that goes into it to make it safe, to make it uh, to make it work properly. I have no idea. How hot does it get? Is it like an oven? Is it like broil on my oven? My oven's broil is pretty hot. I don't think it's nearly as hot as a kiln gets, though. 
Um, I don't know. How hot does it get? I, I don't actually know the answer to that. I assume it gets very, very hot, but don't have a don't have a number for you. All right. Next time you throw something and dry it and shave it, before you glaze it, give it to me. I'll put it in my, my broiler. Sounds great. Sounds great. I'll get it back to you in like three months. <laughs> 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 um, one final question for you, because the picture has been in my mind since we started the episode. Do you work up a sweat throwing? I do not. I do not. Huh. You know, you're not really moving too much. I mean, you're pushing. Um, but once you kind of have centered the clay and you've start, started, uh, uh, you know, shaping the walls, for instance, of, of your cylinder or whatever it is, you're concentrating and you have to use, you know, precise motions. But it's not like you're heavy lifting or anything like that. So it's actually quite relaxing. Relaxing. I don't know. I have a picture in my mind of someone throwing in a movie. And like wiping their forehead with the back of their hand because they have like, you know, clay on their hand and they're like really intent on what they're doing. Maybe I just have completely fabricated I think you're that. thinking of the movie Ghost. Is that right? The one where the man and the woman are throwing a pot together and it's getting hot and heavy for other reasons. Maybe that's what it is. I think that's probably what you're thinking about. I don't think that's what I'm thinking about. Oh, okay. You're, you're way too young to have seen the movie Ghost. I'm guess. thinking of Casper. That's what I think of when you say ghost. Nope, nope. Very mm. different. You got some, some homework to do. Go watch the ghost scene. Well, I don't know if I'm going to watch the ghost scene. Um, Dr. Narnheim, thank you for being on the hobby section. This has been a great deal of fun. I've learned a lot, and I've uh, really enjoyed my time. Thanks for having me. From spearfishing to 3D printing to making cocktails with squid ink, this has been a lot of fun. Maybe I'll see you again soon. Probably not, but maybe, I don't know. Anyways, to all you hobdogs out there, thanks for listening. My name's Obi Bosu, and this has been the Hobby Section. I'll be mine.